You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. I sense you're not only hungry, but you are also greedy for the word. Wahala. <laughs> I've covered a few things in the first service. I'm going to repeat a little bit about it just to keep us in the loop. But I really think it will be helpful for you to get the recording of the first service. We cannot repeat all of that which I've shared in the first meeting because I want to get to some very profound, I believe, profound truths concerning the inner circle. Who do you allow in your inner circle? Who do you share with your joy and your pain? Who is your confidant? When you go to war, who gets with you into your taxi? And when you face hyenas around you, who are the ones that you can depend on to help you with spiritual warfare to make sure that you can come out alive on the other end? If you have yes men in your taxi, then you might not get arrive safe at your destination. There are two things that I believe, if there be any success in me, Jerome Liberty, there are two things that have contributed to my success. The first thing I believe is my seed. The reason why we could build the building in Kabecha was not because PE had a better economy or because we had millionaires as financiers in the kingdom, but it was purely because of my journey and how I have helped and assisted and sowed into other buildings. So the harvest was destined for me. And so many things have happened in my life in terms of projects, in terms of vehicles, in terms of property, in terms of ministry. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. And I'm here because I believe somehow in the spirit realm, my gift made and prepared this opportunity so that I may be able to speak. The Bible says there's one that scatters. But he can't help it, he increases even more. The more he scatters, the more he increases. There's another that hold back, but he tends to poverty. I would like to believe that my seed right now is preparing a harvest for me in 2023. By the time when I get there, my seed will be, my harvest will be waiting for me. 2024, 2025. By the time when I get to 2026, I will call 2022 broke. So I believe that my seed has majorly contributed for success. The second thing that I want to share about that I believe has contributed towards my success is that I've always believed in serving. I've served since the age of 14. I've carried Bibles, I've cleaned toilets, I've ushered, I've parked attendant. Uh, I have done every imaginable thing. I was 18 years old on the roof of the church, putting up church roofs. 
Little did I know it was preparing me to become one of the biggest or one of the bigger contractors in the nation. Didn't fall out of the sky. It was simply because I was serving. I, I, it's safe to say that God doesn't call idle people. Your hands must be dirty. You can't wait for a prophecy 24 years and nothing is happening. Because prophecies does not come, at least the good ones and the right ones. By watching Christian television and go from one channel to another channel and sitting on a Sunday morning at home and you choose between five pastors that can bless you. Real ministry happens because you smell the person's either his cologne or his sweat next door to you and amidst all of the comfort or discomfort you still say praise the Lord. In the kingdom we serve our way to the top. We work our way to the top. We labor to the top. Can somebody shout amen? amen? And Jesus took leadership to a whole new level when he said in Matthew 23, 11, but if ever any one of you wants to be great, it must be the one who serves. It must be the one who serves. You'll be amazed how many lives you have changed by simply being an usher. Praying over a chair that somebody might come sit here who is heavy laden, cast down, at the point of suicide, giving up, planned the last tablet last night and you are the usher and you're the only connection between heaven and their earth and you proclaim the purposes of God and you're just not a normal usher that stands around like somebody that's unemployed. No, you are loaded with all of the fruit of the spirit. You're on a high alert. Through my ushering, I might just usher somebody into the quarters of the inner court. Or should I do it wrong, somebody might be offended and never come back to church ever again. There's a key position in my serving that I will connect people to the greater purposes of God. I'm not a normal parking attendant. This is not a nightclub. I'm not a bouncer. I'm here because God ordained me here. God placed me here. I smile through my pain. I stand on high alert. As every vehicle comes in, I'm in a different tongue that cannot be verbalized. And I pray God's blessing over every vehicle, over every occupant and every passenger and every driver. I'm loaded. I'm serving. I'm on high alert. It's warfare. It's heaven or hell. I pluck people out of hell so that they may come into the presence of God. I'm here to serve. I don't wait for a microphone to serve. I don't wait for the pulpit to serve. I am here by God's divine assignment because on the other side of my obedience, somebody's life depends on it. I don't come to church at 8 o'clock when the service starts. I'm here long before that. I'm here when the auditorium is empty and I need to walk over sections and proclaim whoever's going to sit here will have a God encounter. Whoever sits here will have healing. Whoever sits here will have a right mind. Whoever sits here will find salvation. Whoever sits here will have a miracle and a God encounter now, today. Let me calm down. I don't do well when I scream. 
are yet to serve. Amen. Help me, Lord, where am I now? I'm all over the place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When people's lives are touched, God does something in their life. They stop drinking, they stop using drugs. They have a God encounter. They tell three people. But the day when they get better, they tell 3,000 people. It's strange how you cannot start a connect group, a home cell. You come to church 20 years, no home cell for me. I've got to hold my own level of pride. Don't worry about me, I'm busy. I'm busy with my career, I'm busy with my business. No connect group for me. But the day when you get offended, then you start a home cell. And then also you start to prophesy over the very other hurting people that attends your home cell. Why is it that you could not do it under godly leadership, but now you can do it under rebellion and you call rebellion the anointing? I've seen it happen over. I'm not born again since yesterday. I'm born again since 1974. Been born again through the riots and the uprising. I've been through all the presidents and I'm still here. I've been through the good, the bad and the ugly. I've seen how those that started with me as youngsters, we used to sing in groups. Each one of them started the ministry when they could not spell prophet right. Had a business card, they profit so and so. And these prayer meetings that started under rebellion doesn't last. How many have left and started these prayer meetings? And they are more bitter today than what they were at the time when they left. And the reason why they left is somebody took their car park. The offering talk was a little bit too long. The worship team is singing too much English or too much Corsa. Oh, I don't like this new song. And that's the reason you went to the Zabine when they hit your eyes blue and your nose was swollen up and you forgave them and you went back again. You can't take offense in church. They ran away with your money and you went back. Lift up your right hand and says, I will not be a vagabond. Say, in this house, in this house, I'm planted. Say, I will submit to spiritual authority, correction, and rebuke. Say, my life will not end in a pigsty. I'm no prodigal son. I have a spiritual father. 
Say, the only enemy I have is the devil. Say, I will guard my heart against offense. Shout it out loud. Say, I am no Jezebel. I'm no Jezebel. Say, gossip is not my diet. The quality of your friends will influence the quality of your decisions. I'm so sorry, I'm covering quite a bit of what we've done early in the earlier service, but look at this. A lame man could not help himself, but his friends decided, load him on a stretcher, let's take him to Jesus, lift the roof, drop him in the presence of Jesus. Jesus looked at this whole scenario and said, I've never seen such great faith. He says, you are healed by your faith. But, but this guy didn't have faith. His friends had faith. I want to ask you, if you go through hell, do you think the ones that are now on your WhatsApp group and on your Facebook status, do they have the quality to carry you into the presence of God? Are they able to carry your weight? Not so long ago, years ago, I went through hell. I woke up that morning and I was not too sure if I'm going to see the end of day. My life was surrounded by a heinous. I had nowhere to go to. There's absolutely nobody on my WhatsApp group or my contact list that I felt could help me. It was something more than just money. And sheer desperation, I selected from the list one person I could dial. I called him. He was up in Johannesburg. I'm in Port Elizabeth in Tobacco. I said to me, this is what I'm going through. He says, okay. About four hours later, he called me again. He said, where are you? I said, I'm at home. He said, I'll join you now. I want to meet with you. I said, are you in PE? He said, when you phoned me, I took the next flight. I drove straight to the airport. He said, I don't have money to give you, Jerome. I've got nothing to offer you. I only brought you the Star newspaper. He knows when I get to, the, to Johannesburg, the first thing I go is for the Star newspaper. So since you always come for the Star newspaper and you go through hell, I don't have a lot of Bible verses to give you. I don't have money to give you. I've got the Star newspaper. And I'm here to sit with you until the storm is over. I just want demons to know that if, if they mess with you, they've also got to mess with me. You've got to be very careful who's in your inner circle. Let me quickly talk about the various people that comes to church. We have the crowd. The crowd is the kind of people that come to church for fish and bread. When the bread dries up, they move on. Then there's a 500. They become the testimony group. They talk about the church, whether it's good or bad. They just talk. They We need you also. And then from the 500, there was the 120 that was empowered by the Holy Ghost. Not everybody was empowered. Therefore, people come to church. Let's say, 
You know why you didn't receive? Check your tithes and offering. The Bible says you must tithe so that there may be meat in the house. You don't get meat. The person next door get meat. He brought meat to the house. Then from the 120, there was a 70. That's the level of connect group and shelters. They are going out two by two, do ministry at a whole new level. So they become the face of the church. You must know that if you sing in this worship team, your Saturday night life affects the anointing. And what you do between Sundays affects the character of the ministry. You cannot live like hell and expect to experience the anointing on a Sunday. You are part of the army of the Lord. You need to walk in integrity. You need to walk by fire. Listen, I was born in fire. I cannot live in smoke. The anointing has a price tag to it. Who is in your inner circle? And then there was the 12. They were the disciples. Core leadership. I wish I had time to break down all of the 12 and how they started and eventually how they died. But let me focus in on the three. Because I want to talk about the three. The three represents your core partners in business, shareholders in business, part of the directorship in business. In ministry, it's the core leadership. All hell can break loose and everybody can leave as long as the inner core stays. I can rebuild my business. I can rebuild the ministry. Everybody can leave. But I need a core to be faithful. A core can that believe God can, even though the fig tree shall not blossom, God can still do it. COVID or no COVID, God can do it. Let me take you to the, the three. The first guy I want to talk about is Peter. But Peter. 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 Gangster Peter. Fisherman Peter. Swearing Peter. Never stopped swearing. Swore until the last day. Lady says, you're one of them. He started swearing again. Was he ever delivered from his swearing? Peter. The kind of guy that never spoke about his wife. Core leadership, senior leadership. We don't know he's married. We only found out he's married when his mother-in-law had a flu. And Jesus loved him so much, he did a house visitation to his mother for a flu, normal fever. Now we discover he's must married. Peter. Gangster Peter. Malchus thinks it's because he's got a whole army to surround him. Judas is there. They can just come and give a kiss and betray Jesus. No, not when Peter is around. He draws a sword. <laughs> Cuts the ear off with accuracy. Like a surgeon. Didn't touch anything else. Just like, hey bro, you really worry. You can't say. Awe, awe, awe. You preach where I come from. You sat, man. You don't have to come. You can't say it. You come here with all the men, I'll cap your ear off you. Peter. Wish I can tell you much. I've got a book available, The Leadership Lessons from the Life of Peter. Just an amazing guy. Peter. He says, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me upside down. Sure. Peter. 
speaks and then thinks. <laughs> Peter, don't play with me. You need Peter close to you. You don't need yes men in your business, yes men in the church. You need your Peter. One day there was a play at church. We had Americans that came in that came to teach us about drama and the rest. And they sat just like this in the service. The whole church didn't know it was a play. They brought real guns with, with a real sound and a fire comes out. And, this whole, and I didn't know the script of the play. This thing was unfolding right in front of me. Had I known, I would have stopped it. But in this play, this guy comes towards me as the pastor pulled the gun on me. As if he was going to shot me. But then people were screaming. Others were calling 911. The flood squad came outside to hear there's an incident at church. Pastor Jerome is being shot. Three flood squad cars came into the church building. Here stands a man. He pulls a gun towards me. My security ran to the toilet. They wet themselves. But one mama stood up. She stood between me and the guy with a gun. And she told him, you will not shoot my pastor. You need a Peter. I say, you need a Peter. You need a Peter. You need a Peter. You will not. Shout, I'm that kind of guy. Shout, I'm that kind of guy. James and John. Wow. There's such an Afrikaans type of anointing upon me to express. Because English is not my mother tongue. So I'm trying to express things, you know. But you can only express real grassroots level. Like Chachi. Yeah. You find these chachi ladies, you know. So James and John's mom was like that. Jesus, my boys, né? one must sit on your left, the other one must sit on your right. You have people in church, they are position crazy. I want to preach. I want to be a part of the leadership. Because I gave 100,000 rand, the church can't make decisions unless I'm part of the meeting. I need to control. I need to have power over. Give me a position on the left, on the right, because I'm connected to government. I'm a counselor. I know the politicians. I need to have access. I've got a PhD. I'm here long. I'm in this church for 25 years. I want a position. I'm position crazy. You have not served, but you want to be promoted. Then these guys, I'm, you know what Jesus said to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. James and John, you don't know what spirit you are of. You're a bad man. You want to call on fire from heaven and roast people just because they didn't give me a good welcome. Let me take you to another group, an inner core. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king says, bow. They said, no. King says, bow. They said, no. 
And the three of them stood as one man and one voice. Who is in your inner circle the day when you are confronted with the adversity that will help you to take a stand when that stand is not popular? How about Joshua and Caleb? Twelve of them went to spy out the land. Two of them says we can. Can it be that the majority of people that you call friends... The majority of the people you call friends does not believe that God can do it through you, in you, and for you. I wanted to speak about the leadership of David, the core leadership of David. Amazing guy. They could fight with the right hand and the left hand. I would love to have such guys in my leadership that can slap the devil there are a few things that happened let's go to John 21 verse 15 they had finished breakfast Jesus said to Simon Peter son of John do you love me more than these say do you love me more than these do you love me more than these Leadership, we forever ask our leadership, do you love me more than your own personal aspirations, your comforts? Because ministry is a price tag. It's never cheap. There's never a discount price for a breakthrough. Would you believe me if I tell you last night, I have traveled by car, 1,400 kilometers to be here. I came here after 2 o'clock in the morning. No complaints. I'm here because ministry has a price tag. And I'll do it all over again and again and again and again. Ministry is not cheap. On the other side of your obedience somebody's life is hanging in the balance. Don't bother the master. Your daughter has already died, they told the ruler. Jesus says, it will be well with her. He went to the house, all the disciples was there. He put them all out. He only kept back Peter, James and John, sons of thunder and panga men. Because now this is not normal. This is not normal church. Somebody's child is dead. And he kept the mother and father of the child and only those three. Listen, if you want to see the breakthrough in your life, there are people of unbelief that must go. They cannot participate of the resurrection and see the miraculous and the supernatural in your life while you have parasites in the company. Let them go. Clean the air. Let unbelief go. Jesus go to Gethsemane to pray. Sweat turns into blood. His disciples were sleeping. Can we imagine that people are sleeping when you fight for your life? Let's go to Luke chapter 944. Can we have that on the screen? Luke 944. 
I want you to look at this. Luke 9.44, Jesus announced to his disciples, he said, the son of man is about to die. And you know what happened? His disciples said nothing. I believe maybe he said, we put it this way, honorable members, I recognize you. The son of man is about to die. Imagine somebody's on their deathbed. I'm very sad and my mom used to run 30 kilometers a week until the end of the year. And in a few months, her, her health just deteriorated. Now she doesn't even recognize me. Every moment we have with her is so precious. We do everything that we can do. We, we wanted to do it earlier, but now she's about to die. And I wish I could do something for her. Yet Jesus tells his disciples, the son of man is about to die. And they said nothing. Guys, I raised the dead. I fed thousands of people. I caused deaf ears to open, lame to walk, blind to see. I'm about to die. They said nothing. Verse 44. He said, let it sink into your ears. I believe now he's screaming at them. Let it sink into your ears. Come to your senses. The son of man is about to die. 45. They didn't understand the saying. 46. Then there arose an argument amongst them. And the argument was, who's the greatest? He's about to die. I walked on water. I can take over this ministry. Every church in some way raises a Judas. Somebody that believes is more anointed than the set man. You know, I've got a scripture there. Just see if you could find it quickly. I want to wrap it up. It's part of my notes. It says the following. And Judas went to them. He was looking for the opportunity. He was putting Jesus for sale. He went to negotiate. And when he got there, he said... Honorable member, what will you give me and I will betray him? What's the price tag? Tell me what's the price. I'll sell him out. There's somebody right here. Your heart is hardened. You got offended. Bitterness is in you. And you don't believe the grace and the anointing of this house. And in your heart, you have an attitude. If I have the right opportunity, I'll sell out this ministry. What will you give me? You know what they told him? 30 pieces of silver. 30. Judas, 30. Man, it's the price of a slave. What can you buy with 30 pieces of silver? Repent. Get your bitterness sorted out. Deal with your offense. Come under the power of glory of God. Get your heart right with Dr. Allen. Get your heart right with Pastor Janine. Get your heart right with their family. Get your heart right with this house. 
that has helped you when you were a drunkard, when you had no future, when you were unemployed, when you were sick, when you had no purpose. And the glory and the power and the anointing of God made you a somebody. And now you want to stand up against the spiritual authority that God has placed over you. This is your time to be healed. God bless you.